0: Good evening and welcome to the city of Palm Coast hybrid February 17 2021 planning and land development regulation board meeting due to the current threat of COVID-19 the planning loan land development regulation board is meeting via hybrid process as prescribed by the city council. This meeting is being held in person with limited attendance as recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and by the CMT virtual attendance. Notice that this meeting was going to be held by communication media technology along with a physical lo- location was posted on the city's website. The notice provided that those members of the public needing reasonable accommodation to participate in the meeting were informed to contact the city clerk for assistance by noon on Tuesday, february sixteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Access to this meeting, it being provided via live stream on the city's website at www.palmcoastgov.com and at 386-223-1690. Should technology difficulties arise, the chair may recess or join the meeting and advise of time to reconvene or reschedule the meeting. If you have a problem connected to need technical assistance, please call 386-986-2391. Public participation will work as follows. The chair will call for public participation. Those in physical attendance will be given the opportunity to address the PLDRB members by approaching the podium. When no further in person attendees approach the podium, the chair will then call for public participation from callers that are on the line to address the board. For all callers, prior to calling in with your comments, if you are watching the meeting from our website, please mute your computer. So when you call in with your comments, there's no interference. To participate via phone, please call 386-223-1690. You will need to hit star, number star nine to raise your hand, to provide, provide your comments. When do you like to speak during public participation? You will be acknowledged by being unmuted and you will hear a message that you have been unmuted. Please begin by start, stating your name clearly and slowly for the record. You will have three minutes to speak when there is a 15 seconds left on your three minutes, you will hear a beep and then at the end of your three minutes, you will hear another beep and you'll be muted at that time. We you will not be disconnected from the meeting. All callers will have the opportunity to speak. Please be aware there may be a short pause as you switch to the next caller. Okay, so. Um, Today is February 17, thousand twenty-one, and we're going to please rise and join me in pledge of allegiance. I pledge allegiance
1: to the flag of the
0: One Okay. Okay. Next thing, roll call, please.
2: Mr. Smith and Mr. Hilton are excused. Mr. De Maria. Here. Mrs. Lucas. Here. Mr. Albano. Here. Mr. Scully. Here. Ms. Shank. Here. Mr. Lemon. Here. Ms. Bott. Here. Ms. Nicholson. Here. Chairperson, we have a quorum.
0: Thank you. Okay, first item on the agenda is approval of the minutes from our December 16, 2020 meeting. Any corrections or additions, or is there a motion from the board?
3: Motion to accept the minutes of our discussion. Motion meeting. to have a
0: second. Second. You have a second. Um, any questions or uh, amendments on the motion? If not, make a roll call, please.
2: Mr. Albano. Yes. Ms. Lucas. Yes. Ms. Shank. Yes. Mr. Scully. Yes. Mr. lemon Yes. Ms. Nicholson. Yes. Mr. De
0: Maria. Here,
2: the motion.
0: Yes. <laughs> the motion <laughs> carries seven to zero. Okay, result, of, okay. So, the motion passed, the minutes are in the record. Okay, first thing on the agenda is gonna be uh, Pineapple Ink Tattoo Shop Special accept, Exception, application number 4611. Who's calling
4: it? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, this is uh, Deputy Chief Development Officer Raymond Tyner. Welcome everybody tonight. Uh, the first item on the end- agenda is for a special exception. Um, it is the um, for piercing and, and body art under our land development code. If it's in Com 1 or Com 2, Com 2, it's it's done by special exception. So Mr. Hoover uh, will have the uh, staff details with his presentation.
0: Mr. Hoover.
5: tattoo shop is proposed at 226 Palm Coast Parkway at the St. Joe Plaza. And the applicant has requested a special exception for tattooing, body piercing, and other body arts in the general commercial or COM2 zoning district that would be located in unit 225 at the center building. The site and nearby Areas are all designated mixed use on the uh, future land use map, also known as the flume. Uh, That's shown in red. You can see uh, yellow areas to the north and south, uh, further off of Palm Coast Parkway. This is the uh, zoning map. The subject property is zoned general commercial com 2 as well as the land on the other side of Palm Coast Parkway and lands to the east and west on the south side of Palm Coast Parkway. To the northeast is uh, some Office uh, 2, uh, known as Office General, and that is uh, where the Bystar is located. The COM 2 zoning district only allows the subject use as a special exception, where if it was, uh, you can see there's a little Com 3 across the street there in the Burgundy. That, uh, that zoning district does allow this use as a uh, permitted use, so no special exception would be required. This is a picture of the uh, center building where this would be located. And on the picture on the right shows the unit where, uh, Unit 225 there, and I think that's called El Canonazo was previously located. A special exception uh, analysis is done by staff based on Section 2.0703 of the Land Development Code. Uh, There's three key criteria. A, is it consistent with the specific requirements for that particular use as set forth in the Land Development Code? Uh, The large retail and commercial services site at St. Joe Plaza has already been developed under all applicable standards of the General Commercial District in the Land Development Code. There's no specific requirements in uh, Chapter 4 of the Land Development Code that a tattoo shop would have to uh, also meet. Uh, the second criteria, does it meet the concurrency requirements of this land development code? This doesn't really apply too much because uh, the, the center was already constructed with concurrency at that time. Uh, additionally, all essential services are available to serve the uh, site. Uh, C is probably the most important criteria. Is it compatible with surrounding neighborhoods and does it promote the value of surrounding land structures and buildings? The St. Joe Plaza has a wide variety of commercial uses that function very well together. This particular unit is very well buffered from residential uses located to the south. So uh, the walk from this unit, you would need a bridge across the canal, but then there's a lot of heavy landscaping, so no one visiting this center would be able to uh, walk over to the residential neighborhood. The applicant met the 14-day requirement of sending certified mail to all uh, abutting property owners for tonight's planning board public hearing. Staff has received no comments from the public. Planning staff recommends that the planning board approve the special <laughs> exception forty-six eleven for tattooing, body piercing, or other body art.
4: And the uh, I think the owner applicant is here too, Mr. Hoover.
5: Yes. So you, uh, if you have questions for me, I'm available. Uh, the applicant, uh, I believe it's her name is pronounced Sartzak. She's here uh, as well.
0: Does the applicant want to uh, present anything or just you, Mr. Hoover? That's it?
5: No. Oh. Uh, uh, she does not have a presentation, no.
0: Okay. Any questions for Mr. Hoover or the applicant on the board? No questions? Okay, we'll go to public participation. Just remind reminder, the policy pre- previous stated uh, on this public participation, anybody for public participation on this applicant? If not, I'll close public participation. No other questions or concerns.
3: I just I have one question. Go ahead. Can you tell me um, if the applicant has op- operated this kind of a business previously and how long?
4: Can Can you approach? There was a question for you. If you can come up and yeah, state your name and you know for the record. And um, she's asking you a question.
6: Hi, my name is Sartak. I used to own a tattoo shop before. It's in Middleburg, Florida. That's like ten or thirteen years ago. And the, the shop been closed down because of economy. And um, I'm back in business. I, you know, open a tattoo shop again. Thank
3: you very much. You're
0: welcome. Any more questions, Ms. Dotson? Luke, is no, comment? no, no. nobody has questions. If not, then is there a motion from the board? Um, Pardon me? Did you
2: check if any.
1: Yeah. Um, Chairman, I move to approve application number 4611, special exception for tattooing, body piercing, and other body art. We have a motion, we have a second. We, second. Have a second. we have a second.
0: <clears throat> Any questions or amendments in a motion? If not, let's do a roll call, please. Mr. Albano?
2: Yes. Mrs. Lucas? Yes. Ms. Shank? Yes. Mr. Scully? Yes. Mr. Lemon? Yes. Ms. Nicholson? Yes. Mr. Dean Maria? Yes. The motion carries 7 to 0.
0: Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Good luck. Good
4: luck. Yeah, that's the category. We understand. Yeah, but yeah that's just the, the category you know. that we lump it into.
0: Right. Yep. Thank you. Okay, next thing I am is Coburg's Landing North Parc- Parcel Rezoning Application Number 4610.
4: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The, uh, um, this item, uh, Cobert Landings North Parcel Rezoning, and your next item, number four, Colbert Landings South Parcel Rezoning. Um, there are two, technically two separate rezoning applications, but it really is one project. Um, our attorneys uh, wanted us to do two separate applications because a lot binding or combination hasn't been completed yet but that will be done. So it really is all one project. Um, The north parcel has a long history. It was uh, originally when it was annexed into the city, it was owned PUD. Uh, This is prior to the city's land development code. And then, you know, then it was MPD when we established our code. So and then the south parcel, which was uh, different ownership, was actually uh, straight zoned uh, in our community-wide rezoning to um, SFR1. So the applicant acquired both pieces of property um, and they um, are wanting to uh, rezone the MPD to the north. Uh, now that we have our conventional zoning um, that was approved in 2008 for the citywide rezoning, are going to go straight zoning the instead of doing the master plan development. It's all one piece of property and they're going to be consistent with the south piece of doing single family um, one and also the changes for the south. The only change is that some of the wetlands that are there are now going to go into preservation and same thing with the north piece. Uh, There are some wetlands uh, that are uh, uh, that are also asked to be zoned to preservation. But with that, Mr. Hoover will do one presentation for both items, but then after the presentation, you'll have to uh, act on both of them separately and get your public participation for those separate, separately as well.
0: Thank you, sir. Mr. Hoover, are we you ready?
5: Yes, sir. Colbert Landings is located on the west side of Colbert Lane. Uh, The south parcel is located about uh, half a mile north of State Route 100. The north parcel is located about uh, eight-tenths of a mile north of uh, State Route 100. Together, they're about 292 acres. The property owner uh, intends to develop a single-family subdivision uh, Earlier this afternoon, we reviewed a preliminary layout uh, showing 494 single-family homes on the 292 acres. Uh, Also want to point out this little access road on the south is uh, not part of this rezoning. It's like maybe about an acre and a half. This is the uh, future land use map, also known as FLUME. Both parcels have roughly half of their site as conservation. That's sort of a white color shown on here. And then the other half is uh, residential and it's shown in the yellow. Uh, To the north and west of the subject property, everything is conservation. That's the large Graham Swamp. To the uh, east, Pretty much everything is mixed use, which allows almost every zoning district. And then to the south, uh, you can see some residential there in yellow, as well as some uh, red, which is mixed use again. The uh, north parcel is currently zoned uh, master plan development. Uh, The south parcel in the uh, Tan, light tan collar is a uh, single family residential one or SFR one. There's a small parcel to the east that's also zoned. Uh, it's a separate MPD, it's about 22 acres. The uh, lands to the west and north of this are shown in green, that's PRS, which stands for preservation. The uh, blue patched areas are master plan development The red areas are general commercial or COM2, and you can see uh, some multifamily residential two, which is, uh, I think there's a couple of apartment complexes. The one's over by Beach Village, and and the other one uh, I think came in here not too long ago called Ocean Village for its first phase. The properties shown in Burgundy are high intensity commercial COM3. The, the proposed zoning map is on the right and the future land use uh, map again is on the left. So I'm trying to show you the intent of the zoning. So on the, the left map, the future land use map, the, the area is shown in white, which is conservation. It's essentially a part of the Graham Swamp. So the applicant has agreed to rezone that to PRS for preservation, so that way that property is never developed, whereas the, there's some, uh, a large upland area that's shown in yellow on the left map, the future land use map, that's the area, uh, and there's, there's some low quality wetlands in there also that they're allowed to mitigate for. So that's the area that's being rezoned on the right screen to single family residential one shown in the uh, light tan color. The subject properties were annexed into the city back in 2004, uh, I believe in 2005, the city rezoned the north parcel to master plan development for about 250 single family homes on. Uh, lots that were minimum 6,600 square foot minimum size. At about the same time, the south parcel was rezoned to single family residential one or SFR one. In April 2000, a pre- preliminary plat was approved for the north parcel and in, in construction uh, briefly commenced and they started doing site clearing when the uh, Great Recession hit and everything stopped The applicants uh, want to rezone the north parcel from master plan development or MPD to single-family residential one for the upland areas in preservation or PRS, for the other areas. And then on the south parcel, they're starting from single family residential one for the entire parcel. And they're rezoning it back to SFR one again, and also excluding the wetland areas and rezoning it to PRS or preservation. So essentially the high quality wetland areas that are shown as conservation are being rezoned to preservation And the residential areas that are developable are being rezoned to single-family residential one. And the applicants will combine these uh, two parcels and develop a single-family subdivision on about 292 acres. And it appears the maximum density would probably be about 1.69 units an acre. Each rezoning that comes before you, uh, staff reviews that for the five key review criteria from section 2.0505 of the Land Development Code. Uh, A, must not be in conflict with the public interest. B, must be consistent with both the comprehensive plan and the Land Development Code. C, must not impose a significant hardship or liability on the city. D must not create an unreasonable hazard or nuisance, and E must comply with all applicable government standards, which includes uh, city, county, state, and federal. Planning staff reviewed the project, uh, actually, or both projects, if you wanna say it that way, for the five criteria. We provided uh, detailed findings for each, uh, both the North and the South project in two separate staff reports. The two rezonings, in staff's opinion, will not create a nuisance, hazard, or any compatibility issues as it meets all development standards and is in compliance with their land use designations on the future land use map. The rezoning supports three policies and objectives of the future land use element and the conservation and coastal management element of the comprehensive plan. And the project, as it goes forth, will need to meet all applicable standards of the Land Development Code. The applicants uh, several weeks ago mailed out by U.S. mail, all property owners within 300 feet of the two parcels of a neighborhood meeting that was held at 5.30 p.m. on February 9th. Uh, I attended and four people representing the applicants attended uh, No one from the uh, public uh, attended. Uh, A sign was erected on each of the two properties along Colbert Lane. And we also ran a news ad for each parcel to provide notice of tonight's meeting. Uh, Staff has not received any comments from the public regarding this project. Uh, This project will move forward uh, next month to uh, two city council meetings. City Council uh, holds two on a rezoning. The planning board uh, in probably two months or so, the uh, subdivision master plan will come in for your uh, final review after they submit and staff does a review. Following that, the, the engineer drawings and uh, preliminary plat are submitted. That's a uh, staff administrative review. And at that point, they're allowed to move forward with a final plot that gets reviewed by the city council. Planning staff recommends that the planning board find these two rezonings in compliance with the comprehensive plan and land development code and recommend via separate votes to the city council for both the covert landings north and south parcels to the single family residential one and preservation or PRS zoning districts. And the uh, applicant's engineer is here tonight, Matt Lottie from Gulfstream Design, and their presentation
6: will follow. Okay, applicant. Matt Lottie, Gulfstream Design Group, 906 Anastasia Boulevard, St. Augustine, Florida, 32080. Uh, Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Board members appreciate your time tonight. Staff's been great to work with over the past few months as uh, GSM Capitals acquired this property and we've been moving forward with the planning stages. So we prepared just a short presentation here. Bill did a great job running through um, the highlights. Just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a background just from more of a global perspective. Um, As Mr. Hoover mentioned, here we're at the Property has ultimately been slated for development. Had water management district applications filed and approved, and, and as Mr. Hoover mentioned, was under construction, partially cleared. Had some structures in the ground and, and virtually abandoned by the the previous applicant ownership group. Um, so GSM Ca- Capital acquired the property. just a quick summary here uh, as Mr. Hoover mentioned you know 2007 2007- Capital capitals the, the acquisition group that acquired this property uh, they're out of new smyrna beach they have a successful track record of developing um, and in my opinion bringing high quality products to to the neighborhoods and communities that they develop in
3: could you keep your voice up a little please yeah i'm sorry
6: um lean into the mic a little bit more so uh, as mr hoover mentioned we're currently zoned mpd which has expired and SFR one allows about seven units per uh, per upland acre there uh, and that MPD had expired next map kind of shows how we are you know truing up the zoning to be a little bit more consistent with the future land use map as Mr. Hoover uh, also mentioned provide reasonable assurance that there will be no future modifications or wetland impacts or an attempt to get some more density out of this project in, in a future We are putting about 131 acres into the preservation zoning of the total 293. Um, so I think that, you know, that's definitely worthy of, of notation. And
0: For the applicant from the board members, I got a few questions if you don't mind. No problem. Um, this could be an age requirement or is there a HOA?
6: There would be an HOA um, that is responsible for maintaining common areas, stormwater systems, right. whatever. But at this time, there is no desire to age restrict it. We are moving forward with school concurrency and moving forward as it's traditionally. it be, be gated
0: or not gated? Not gated at this time. Okay. That's a property that's, I, I, I know it's a, it's a dumping area right now because it is, it is fenced, but it, it was cleared.
6: When you're going up Colbert uh, yeah, on the left hand side there, when you're going to the north, you can see some of where it was cleared um, yeah. back it's in a, 2008. It's
0: a hangout for a person. It has to, be, has to be hit a house between one to four o'clock. They'll just wait right there to sort of get there by four o'clock, you know? <laughs> you see all the trucks here. So, um, no questions? Okay, thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Um, now we'll go to public participation. Reminder the policy previous stated. Is anybody here for the public participation? Anyone on the phone?
2: <laughs> I say
0: I remember this time. Okay, if not, uh, close the public to participation. Um,
1: Anything else from the city? So, this is going to be uh, two votes. On- no, they can do
4: the uh, I would do one vote on this first one and then, we have sort of and then open up the other one. Okay, and no, then we'll the do public comment. On different
0: applicants. Yeah. Okay. One so nine. if there's no questions or anything, I'll take a motion to uh, approve this uh, app, this uh, parcel rezoning application number four six one zero, is there a motion?
2: I'll provide a motion. To approve the Colbert Landings North Parcel Rezoning Application Forty Six One Zero.
0: We have. Do you uh, have a second. second? We have a second. Any questions or amendments on the motion? <coughs> if not, let's do a roll call, please.
2: Mr. Albano. Yes. Mrs. Lucas. Yes. Ms. Shank. Yes. Mr. Scully. Yes. Mr. Lemon. Yes. Ms. Nicholson. Yes. Mr. De Maria. Yes. Motion carries seven to zero.
0: Thank you very much. The next uh, application at Cobras Landing Can South. I, I'm sorry. Huh?
7: I don't mean to interrupt, but um, I had just noticed when I was listening to the motion. I just wanted to ask if it was um, your intent <coughs> when making the motion to also find that it's consistent with the comp plan, because I saw that was in staff's recommendation. Yet I don't believe that I heard. Um, in the motion that it was to be found consistent with the comp plan this
0: is to be in compliance, Wait, with the yeah. So we have to add that on or redo amendment or
7: um, I would amend it and do a roll call again. I apologize. I was trying to get to the. No problem. while
1: well, no we're, we're here to help each other again. while we're on the subject, maybe specify also that this is from MPD to SFR one and preservation. Let's say May so as we'll let's, dot all the eyes.
0: So let's um, redo the motion. Okay, Jennifer, we do the motion
7: um, if you're okay with amending your motion we can redo the motion. All right, so a
0: okay well for motion again on application number four six one zero and with the planning staff recommend recommendations and Jake we're gonna add on uh,
1: okay so move to recommend to the City Council to approve rezoning from MPD to SFR one on application 4610 for the north parcel and, and find that it is concurrent with the comp plan, and mean, it complies with the comp plan.
7: And I'm not sure if um, it's to SFR one and preservation zoning districts. Yeah, I said that, that
0: right, yeah. Okay.
7: okay, cool,
0: is there a second on it? I'll second. Thank you. Any questions <laughs> or amendments on the motion? Thank you. You're welcome. If not, let's do a roll call again, please, thank you
2: okay um mr albano yes mrs lucas yes Ms. shank yes mr scully yes mr lemon yes ms nicholson yes mr d maria yes amended motion carries seven to zero
0: thank you very much thank you okay next one is cobras landing south parcel rezoning application number Four six one zero, Deputy Chief Development Officer Ray Tiny.
4: Thank, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Yeah, we don't have anything to add. That was part of the presentation, so um, we we have nothing to add. I don't think the applicant has anything. So Mr.
0: Hoover's presentation is the same. Applicant doesn't have anything else to say. Any questions from the board members? No questions from the board members. Okay, so I'll take a motion for the recommendation. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, right. Those guys. Uh, public participation. Uh, remind the policy previously stated on this. Any p- public participation? Anyone on the phone? No, sir. If not, I'll close the public participation. Any more no questions from the board? I'll take a motion. Go I hear a motion?
1: Yeah, I'll spit it out again, uh, yeah. Mr. Chairman moved to recommend the City Council approve the rezoning for application 4610 south Parcel from SFR 1 uh, to um, SFR 1 and preservation and find that it is compliant uh, with the uh, comp plan. You got a
7: second? I'm sorry, was it consistent? With the
0: okay. Contract? Any questions or amendments on the motion?
7: Um, if maybe to find it consistent with the comp plan instead of compliant.
1: I'm fine with consistent with the comp plan. Yeah. Okay. So that's added to it. Any
0: other questions in, or amendments on the motion? If not, we'll take a roll call, please.
2: I'm sorry, who seconded? Oh, okay. Ms. Schenck. Mr. Albano. Yes. Mrs. Lucas. Yes. Ms. Shank. Yes mr scully yes mr lemon yes ms nicholson yes mr Di maria yes the motion carries seven to zero okay
0: thank you very much okay next thing on the agenda is a presentation of palm coast community outreach flagger county-wide approach approach to resilience resilience, resilience.
4: Thank, thank you mr chairman i okay. appreciate it we have on the line um some friends from the Northeast Regional Planning Council um, and we had asked them to uh, be appropriate to do a presentation to to you tonight this evening um, on the work that they're doing the countywide effort for resiliency resiliency Um, and then they'll explain all that and Marga right here is is on the screen and um, you know, we we've had a real long relationship with the Northeast Regional Planning Council and we the city of Palm Coast Flagler County is is part of the uh, Northeast Regional Planning Council. We fall in the region uh, by state law they, they exist. Um, they do a lot of planning from a regional perspective. I mean, you've heard, uh, you know, everything about the DRIs and some things that we brought forward you know, modifying those development regional impacts their agency is kind of the clearing house and organizing all that. And they do a lot of great work around the region. And, you know, the presentation is very timely um, that they are um, uh, because, uh, you know, some of their work that they're doing and some of their, you know, data that they're finding on resiliency is some things that we may uh, incorporate into our comprehensive plan. You know, this year we are required to do an ear an an appraisal report for our comprehensive plan that we do every seven years, and it's due this year. Where our staff is already starting to do do some work on it, and you're going to be involved with that this year. But with with that said, I'm going to let them take take the lead and uh, talk about uh, their work that they're doing for the in in the region
0: for this. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead.
8: Good evening, members of the board. This is Margot Mooring. Are you hearing me? Okay.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
8: Great. Um, I'm the Planning and Policy Director at the Northeast Florida Regional Council. Um, we're at 100 Festival Park Avenue in Jacksonville, um, and I appreciate the the introduction. Um, is is somebody going to bring up the um, the PowerPoint for me? I think
0: they're working yeah, we're going
4: to do. It.
8: Well, I actually have another question. Um, am I correct in thinking that the board has a hard copy of the PowerPoint um, with, that they can view? Because I can certainly walk you through the slides. I'd be happy to do that.
0: Yeah, it's on our iPads right now. Ah, I think
8: we got it up, Great. Marga. It's coming up now. Thank you so much. Thank you. OK, so um, as was said, the, the county has embarked on an effort to consider a countywide approach to resilience. Next slide. And this is kind of the overview um, of kind of how we got here. So in 2011, um, the legislature allowed um, communities to add something called adaptation action areas to comprehensive plans. Um, They're not they're not required, um, but they they become an option. Um, And what they really are is areas is a way to focus attention. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. In 2015, um, a requirement was added to Comprehensive Plan um, if if you're a coastal jurisdiction. So that's called peril of flood. Um, and so the next time you update the Comprehensive Plan, if you're a coastal jurisdiction, um, then you have to include peril of flood. Um, it's important to recognize that um, technically, Palm Coast is not coastal under the state's, um, the state's definition. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Um, in 2018, um, the county did a, um, a vulnerability study. Um, so that that's, that's something that's good to kind of have um, as background data as you look at resiliency. And then in 2019, informed by that study, the city of Flagler Beach updated their entire comprehensive plan their coastal and they had to do the peril of flood um um comp plan um policies and they also did something in addition to addressing the peril of flood requirements they made their coastal high hazard area an adaptation action area and the way they described that is um they made it an area of focus where the focus would be public awareness of the link between emergency preparedness adaptation. So it's about marketing and communication and a consistent sort of message to the public. Um, That's that's what um, they did. Now the reason that's significant is because in the case of of Flagler County, and by that I mean all its jurisdictions, there's a model for peril of flood policies that the state has found acceptable, so that's important. Um, and the state also went for the coastal high hazard area as an adaptation action area for that purpose, that purpose is focus of, of public awareness. Um, so some of those things probably had to do with why in 2020, um, the Florida Department is, um, um, of um, Economic, um, I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> of environmental protection. Um, their Resilient Coastlines program funded a countywide approach to resilience. And I'll kind of take you through um, in a little bit more detail how that happened. So next slide please. Okay, so this is the Adaptation Action Area idea. Um, and again, it, it's optional, but it, the thing to remember is that it's an area of focus. Um, so, comp plans are allowed to have them. They're not required to have them. Next slide. And in 2015, um, that's the parallel flood statute and it has to do with reducing or considering flood risk. Um, and it mentions storm surge and sea level rise. And in 2015, that was kind of a big deal that they were mentioning sea level rise. Um, and again, it, 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 so it sort of lays out what you have to address Flagler Beach has already addressed addressed it successfully with the state, um, which means that there are model policies. So as you look at your comprehensive plan, you may want to consider those. Um, But but then it must be said that the state does not consider you um, required to do parallel flood updates um, because they don't consider you coastal. Um, Next slide so there's some resources that are out there that are are kind of helpful um certainly the vulnerability study from 2018 um we have a resi- we at the regional council have a resilience program and um our resilience coordinator sean lahav is also on on the zoom um with me should he he um be needed um there are um, case studies in Northeast Florida. For example, the city of Jacksonville made its coastal high hazard area an adaptation action area. Now, they did it for the focus, but they the focus was different. They um, wrote into it that they would be looking at infrastructure, they'd be looking at critical facilities, they'd be looking at natural resources within those areas. It was a focus on adaptation. It wasn't so much much the messaging of the interconnectedness between um, emergency preparedness and resilience. Um, So the other resources are, as I mentioned, the the fact that Flagler Beach's policies are already out there and available. Um, And I'll just kind of take you through real briefly. We have a kind of community conversation um, exposure tool um, that I'll talk a bit about. Um, And when we launched that tool, we did a survey on resilience and we have the results of that survey by zip code. Um, so that gives us some information um, that, about what people know about adaptation and what people think about adaptation. Next slide. So this is, this is the tool that I mentioned, um, buildingcommunityresilience.com. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you can type in your address um, and kind of, you know, look at, at various things. Um, next slide, please. It is useful for a community conversation. Um, These data layers are what you'll find in there. Um, One thing to keep in mind is um, things change. And for example, um, the storm surge um, for evacuation planning layer has just changed. I'll be showing you a map that's slightly updated from what you'll find on this site. So it is a tool for community conversation. Um, but just sort of heads up that it, it's out there for the seven counties that that make up Northeast Florida. Next slide. Um, so this is this is how Flagler Beach did it. Um, they they, I'm, I'm, you guys, I'm sure are aware of this. Um, the coastal high hazard area is is based on storm surge one. Um, that's kind of where it comes from. And then the emergency preparedness folks um, review it and it's kind of derived scientifically and then it also has a practical component. Um, But the thing to remember here is, and and the possibility that there might be a a countywide approach um, is that the adaptation action area would have the purpose of focusing public awareness on the link between emergency preparedness and adaptation. So messaging, community conversation. Next slide. So, this, this, is, this is what we're involved in um, with the county, is, is working on the FDEP project. So, the, um, the municipalities of Beverly Beach, Flagler Beach, and Marineland, and the county itself have to do peril of flood. Bunnell and Palm Coast do not have to do peril of flood. Um, But we wanted to um, have the larger conversation so that each community knows what's going on. And the idea that there would be a kind of countywide approach to resilience is is probably a good one. Certainly that everybody understand and use the the same terms. So an adaptation action area that's focused on the linkage between emergency preparedness and adaptation. It seems to us that can't be a bad thing. Um, but it's also important to be said that whatever is appropriate for each um, jurisdiction is what each jurisdiction should do. Um, It's just there are models to consider um, as you consider your update to the comprehensive plan. So next slide. So these are the maps, Um, again, these are the new maps. So in the case of Bunnell, there's no coastal high hazard area within its boundaries. In the case of Palm Coast, there is some. Um, so it's something to consider as you look at your comprehensive plan. The idea of adopting a map that might make um, the coastal high hazard area um, part of the plan and an adaptation action area. Um, you don't have to do it in order to address peril of flood, um, but it would be consistent with the countywide approach. So it's just something to think of, about along and those model poli- policies from Flagler Beach. Are also out there um, for your consideration if you think any of them um, would be helpful to the comp plan. So next slide. Um, There will will be a um, a final report um, from this work that will be available in April, I believe. Um, Here's the contact information for myself and Sean Lahav, our resiliency coordinator. Um, And again, we just wanted you to to be thinking about this. um, As you think about your comprehensive plan, um, these are some resources that you may want to consider. And thank you very much for your time.
0: Thank you. Any questions from the board?
3: I have a question.
0: Sure.
3: Um, What is the advantage to us um, complying with the peril of flood, although Palm Coast isn't required at this time, if we did amend the comp plan to reflect that requirement, if I'm understanding it correctly, especially with the changes with climate changing so quickly, and that map could change. And so, if we did it now or at the next comp plan amendment, what's the advantage to it, even though it's not a qu- required?
8: Um, is that the question? Um, I'm terribly sorry, ma'am. I'm not really able to hear the question very well. Um, so if someone can maybe paraphrase, or perhaps it wasn't a question for me, I, my apologies.
3: I was saying, what is the advantage? Can you hear me now? Hello? No, ma'am. Did she say yes or no? No. No. Okay. Ray, me, maybe uh, you can answer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let me try to answer.
4: Uh, I mean, the, we're, we're not, you know, our comp plan policy, although we're not in the coastal high hazard area, we actually in our conservation element address coastal high issues. So this is new data that showed like the storm surge, you know, the Mm -hmm. flood one, and we're definitely going to change our map. And we have, you know, we have existing policies within our comp plan, such as, you know, really strong on floodplain. And a lot of these areas will fall within, you know, the city's floodplain. And we have those uh, policies and, um, you know, protections for for those lower areas, because a lot of the areas that we have in Palm Coast are already built out. You know, um, so, you know, things such as uh, critical facilities, um, making sure that they are away from the high hazard area or from, you know, these category one uh, surge surge zones, you know, those type of policies, you know, we're pretty tight to have them already in the comp plan, but using the latest and greatest data that they have and, and you know, the, the sea level rise and making sure that, you know, we do have some policies where we may fall Gaps for, you know, because it's been seven years. So we'll use this data and work with the planning board to update it where appropriate.
3: So I was just wondering, like, in just trying to understand it in the event, for example, if something, if a storm were to come through and we don't have it officially designated as the CHHA, I think it is, um, would it impact funding opportunities? if, you know, like FEMA, federal funds, or anything like that, if there were disasters that occurred and we didn't have this in place? Is is this policy connected any type of way to the state or defense? Not
4: that I'm aware of, and I don't know if Margo heard you, but, you know, our comp plan policies, um, they won't hurt hurt you with not getting funding, but they can help you. You know, sometimes, you know, if you have appropriate policies in your comp plan, you know, and you're getting a grant. You know, you would cite that that's the long-range vision of the city, and and you know to protect whatever, and, and uh, it can't help you to have those policies.
3: Yeah, because it sounds like Margo is almost encouraging us to do so, since Flagler Beach already has a policy that has been approved, and so we have a model. It wouldn't be anything. You know, it would be wise to be overprotected. And under protected because things are changing so quickly.
4: Yeah. And like I said, I think we'd look at those areas. I mean, we are a lot different than Flagler beach where you have storm surge,
1: right.
4: you know, uh, we don't have that wave action. You know, we have some properties along the intercoastal waterway, um, you know, but again, I mean, we have, a, we're like one of the best in the state for our floodplain regulations and flood protection, um, that really encompasses a lot of these areas as well. But you're absolutely right when we, you know, this is why we have them here to get you started on thinking about things for when we do do our ear for a comp plan this year of, of special in our conservation and coastal section to look at some of these, some of this data and to consider adding additional policies.
1: And it's not inconceivable that the city of Palm Coast might, uh, you know, with shifting boundaries. And- That's point. required impact, and to be consistent now would make more sense.
4: Yep, it's, it's a great point. point.
1: Ms. Dunston.
3: Any impact on uh, purchasing flood insurance? Are we now looking at, uh, because currently uh, I don't have that. Good question. So, is this something, if this is an accident, we become more involved with this, that uh, are we recommending people then to? I mean, if the designation has changed, should we then look at purchasing flood insurance even though we are not in the flood zone? Is this something that?
4: No, I guess, I guess my point, point. I hope, you know, I, I didn't want to uh, be confusing, but um, I guess my point is that uh, some of these areas that are in uh, the, this zone that could, could flood, like, such as Long Creek, okay we have that as preservation you know some of these areas are already in preservation that we have on our comp plan um you know and then the areas that aren't uh, a lot of these areas are already low that they may fall into our flood our existing floodplain and what i'm saying is we have strict regulations um for example a subdivision that comes in you can't build a house um you know like the one that we saw the night um you know there are little little areas that they would have to get out of the floodplain. They would have to fill up in order to protect the folks. They're not required they wouldn't be required to get flood insurance when they're out of that one hundred year floodplain.
0: Any more questions? You all said result any more questions? Or do we have to go in a vote in this or public No consent?
4: no this was just informational that we wanted to um again, you know, we're gonna be doing the year and, and we're bringing this data and Jose uh, couldn't make it tonight but you know this is some of the day that we'll be looking at and uh, moving forward with our year amendments
0: nothing else thank you Margo thank you very much okay um, next thing on agenda board discussion staff issues any board discussions or any staff issues I got one quick question um, used to get the week the week in review when we saw the charts, we had the permits issued stuff like that. Do you still do that chart?
4: We since COVID right now, we have not been doing that. But Irene will um, we will send you a link on the webpage. What we did do is we created Jordan helped us out of creating a awesome map um, on our website. That's accessed right, that so has new development where developments coming uh and it's very interactive when you click on it it'll take you to uh the C D plus system it tells you how many units so okay. essentially that is going to get you and, and we even have renderings in there and architectural so okay. essentially that became our um our, our report the same data is in there so we'll send every one of y'all that link
0: informed. some people say what's going here what's going there you don't know yep yeah, yep yeah, that yeah, it's, you know, That'll be first. perfect for you. Right, Absolutely. So comfortable with yeah, that? we'll get that to you. Any other more? Anything else? If not, I'll take a motion to adjourn. Well. I make a motion to adjourn. You have a second? Any? Any questions or amendments on the motion? If not, adjourn. Thank you very much.